May God speak to you through today's message from Senior Pastor Mike McGowan. Good morning and welcome to Parkway Fellowship. So glad that you made it today to church. Um, listen, how many of you already have your, your Christmas tree is up, fully decorated, lit, ready to go? Let me see your hand. Everybody? Oh, yeah, wow, that's like almost everybody. Okay, great. Okay, how many of you, when yet another set of twinkle lights goes out, starts to question the love of God? Anybody? Yeah. Me, I'm like on, my, I'm on set number 13, by the way. So yeah. Okay, now a little more serious. Um, how many of you have ever had a whole series of circumstances happen to you and none of them went your way? Now, I'm not talking about things that you can control. I'm talking about things that you cannot control. And a whole series of things happened and none of it went your way and so much so that at the end you were asking, God, I don't understand what you're doing here. Anybody ever experienced anything like that? Yeah, put your hand. Yeah, that's most of us. Yeah, we've all experienced. Um, earlier this year, Amy and I had something like that happen. And we haven't really told this story before, but um, our washer and dryer were over 20 years old. And uh, neither one of them were working all that well. Um, and Amy's car is approaching 200,000 miles. And so, like, we knew we needed to start saving money for both those things. We started saving money for both simultaneously. Well, we finally had enough money for the washer and dryer to pay cash for. So we're like, okay, awesome. So we went and we bought those, but literally, no kidding, like less than two weeks later, we had two car repairs of over $1,000 each. And two days after that, our CPA calls and says, hey, I've got bad news. And we're like, oh. So, and, and so, so she says, she says, hey, by the way, I want to let you know that this year, you and Amy are going to owe taxes, and by the way, it's more money than you've ever paid your entire married lives. Have a great week. I was like, and, and so, I mean, look, Amy and I, we, we try to, we honor God with our money. Like, we give God the first 10% of our income, like, every time, no questions asked, and, you know, we're trying to pay for things in cash, not putting on a credit card, not going to debt. We're trying to make, be smart and make good financial decisions, but literally, a whole series of things happened totally outside of our control that completely wiped out all of our savings and all the money that we had saved up until that point to, as a down payment for Amy's car. Totally gone. And so we were like, God, I don't understand what you're doing here. I, Look, I think we've all asked that at some point in time, right? We've experienced some things and we just said, God, I don't understand what you're doing here. Like, like when the price of oil drops below $45 a barrel and stays there. You know, God, I, I don't understand what you're doing. Because like companies are, are, have been laying people off because of it. Or, or let's say, we, know, we have a really big car repair, and then right on the heels of that, the hot water heater goes out. And so now we're several thousand dollars in the red. God, I don't understand what you're doing. Or a family member receives a bad diagnosis, and literally, it changes the landscape of the family. God, I don't understand what you're doing. Or I, I see, actually see this one a lot. We start following God 
for the first time maybe in a long time. And then everything that could go wrong does. It's like, God, I don't understand what you're doing. Like we've all experienced that kind of thing, right? And by the way, if you haven't ever experienced it, something like that, like buckle up, it's coming, okay? I mean, that's, this, is the, this is the truth of it, okay? But when God does something or allows something that we don't understand, like, what do we do? Well, it's at that point that I'm really thankful for the story of Mary and Joseph that very first Christmas. Because look, here are these two young kids. Mary, she was probably only 14 or 15 years old. Joseph, probably like 19 or 20. And they experienced some crazy circumstances that there's no way they could have ever seen coming. Because Mary um, becomes pregnant, but not because, like the normal way, she becomes pregnant because God just makes her pregnant. And even though an angel comes and tells her that this pregnancy, that uh, this child is going to be a great man, is going to be a king, there is no way that Mary fully understood that this child was going to be the savior of the world. She didn't understand fully what God was doing. Neither did Joseph. They didn't understand. And so how did they react? How did they respond? See, how they handled it provides a great example for us of how we can handle things in life when things happen that we don't understand. Because how they respond is how our Heavenly Father wants us to respond when we don't understand what He's doing. So go ahead and pull out your message notes. Let's start by asking this question. How can I respond like Mary and Joseph when I don't understand what God's doing? Well, the first is like Mary, like Mary, I need to ask, but yield. I need to ask, but I need to yield. Look what the Bible says in Luke chapter 1, beginning of verse 26. It says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. So here's Mary. She's like 14, maybe 15 years old. Okay, listen. That means that she's either a freshman or a sophomore by our standards, okay? Now, that was actually a fairly normal age for girls and that culture to become married. But seriously, can you imagine getting married when you're 14 years old? Can, can you imagine marrying the person you were dating when you were 14 years old? Yeah, right, Whew. So anyway, 
But look, here's Mary. She's 14. She loves God. She's very committed to the Lord. She has a reputation as a young lady who follows the Lord. And now an angel comes to her and tells her that she's going to start showing a baby bump even though she's still a virgin. And even though the angel told Mary that this is going to be a special baby and who he would be a king, there is no way, there's no way she, that she understood that he was going to be the king of kings and the savior of all humanity for all time. There's just no way she fully understood that. And think about her parents. What, what do you think her parents thought when Mary comes home and says, hey, mom and dad, God made me pregnant? Like, how do you think that went over? Mom and dad, would you have a hard time believing that if that's what your daughter said to you? Yeah. And look, even, even if her parents believed her, I'm sure they would have said, God, we do not understand what you are doing. Think about the people in the town, all of their friends. Look, Nazareth, Nazareth was a small town, okay? It's one of those towns where everybody knew everybody. And so everybody in the town would have wondered like, what's really going on here? Because all they know, all they know is that Mary is gonna have a baby out of wedlock and she says God's the one that made her pregnant. So don't you think that there were a lot of people in the town going, really? At best, at best, they were thinking, I don't understand what God's doing here. But you know, Mary, when she found out, she asked the angel about it. She said, how is this possible? Because, you know, I'm a virgin. Now, notice in this passage, nowhere in the passage does the angel fuss at her for her, you know, lack of faith. And the angel is, never condemns her for, you know, for saying, you know, how dare you question God's will? That never happens. And if you remember, if you were here two weeks ago, you remember that Zechariah, when he questioned the angel about Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel was upset with him and made it to where he could not speak until the baby was born. So like, what was the difference? Why is there two totally different reactions here? Well, I'll tell you why. Zechariah's question was a question of a lack of faith. Mary's question was a question of a lack of understanding. She just didn't know how it was possible. Because you see, their responses were very, very different, and so the response of the angel was different. So that, that brings us to the first part of our lesson. First part of our lesson at this point is this, is that God can handle my questions. I mean, God can handle my questions. See, when you don't understand what God's doing, when it doesn't make sense, when you don't understand what he's allowing to come into your life, it is okay to ask questions. It is, God is not bothered by that. He is not threatened by that. He is not upset by that. It does not faze him in the slightest it is okay to ask God questions when you do not understand. But I want you to look at the final thing that Mary says. Look what she says, that last verse in the passage we just read. And I want you to underline her entire response. Look what she says. She says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. See, she says that she's the Lord's servant and she, she accepts what's going to happen. 
Look, it doesn't say that you know, she's excited about being pregnant. It doesn't say that she's really looking forward to awkward stares and awkward conversations. It doesn't say that anywhere. And she knows that what's going to happen. But essentially, Mary says the very same thing that Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane when he said, not my will, but your will be done. That was her prevailing attitude. It's not what she would choose. She doesn't fully understand the full extent of why it's happening, but it doesn't matter. Essentially, she says, not my will, but your will be done. She says, may it be to me as you have said. So here's the full lesson for us, okay? God can handle my questions, but he wants my surrender in the end. He can handle my questions, but he wants my surrender in the end. See, when things happen that you don't understand, when things happen that God allows to come in your life that you don't understand, it's okay to ask questions. But in the end, you and I, we need to arrive at the same place that Mary did, and we need to yield to his plan over our preferences. Did you hear that? We need to yield to his plan over our preferences. Essentially, we need to get to the place where our prevailing attitude is, okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. Is that, is that your attitude when things happen that you don't understand? Is that your prevailing attitude? Would you, would you make it, be willing to make a commitment right now that no matter what happens in life, even if something happens that you just simply do not understand why God did it or why God allows it, you would say, okay, I'm going to have the same attitude that Mary had. That I'm going to essentially say, okay, God, not my will, but your will be done. May it be to me as you have said. God can handle my questions, but he wants my surrender in the end. Okay, let's look at Joseph, okay? Like Joseph, I need to obey God and ignore people. Like Joseph, I need to obey God and ignore people. See, how do you think Joseph felt when he found out that Mary was pregnant? He felt betrayed. I'm sure he was disappointed. I'm sure he was hurt. I'm sure he was brokenhearted. And we know that he didn't believe Mary because it took an angel coming to him in a dream for, to convince him that this was really from God. Look at the Bible says in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, he was she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and didn't want to expose her, pub expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, let me pause right here for just a second. Here's what you need to understand. Joseph and Mary, they're not married yet. They're still engaged. But engagement in their culture was much more binding than it is in our culture. So for them... If you were engaged, you were referred to as husband and wife, even though you weren't formally married, you know, and, and all that kind of thing. Um, and if you wanted to break the engagement, you had to actually file for a divorce. And that's what Joseph essentially had decided to do here. So verse 20, it says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. 
When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. Now listen, did Joseph understand why God was doing this? Did, did anyone here, does God tell him why he's allowing all this to happen? Nope. But just like Mary, he surrendered to God. Look, and I'm sure that his friends, and I'm sure that his family, and his, they, I'm sure at best, they had some real doubts about Mary. And at worst, they thought that she was lying. But Joseph chose to obey God despite what other people said. Now, as a general rule, it's wise counsel to listen to other wise counsel, okay? But if an angel shows up and tells you to do something, go with that, right? And, that, and that's what happens. And so look, so here the lesson for us is this, and this is just in other words, if I know what God says, I obey God and ignore people, okay? And you can know what God says by, first off, reading the Bible. I mean, God tells us so much of what his will and his plan is for our lives just by reading the Bible. And so, look, if you don't read the Bible, you need to start there. And God also tells us his will and his plan by prayer. Like, he will tell you in prayer and guide you and let you know what decisions you need to make. But regardless, no matter what, in the end, who am I trying to please? Am I trying to please other people or am I trying to please God? I'm supposed to live my life to try to please the Lord. And so, look, if you're, I tell you this, if you are going to live your life to please God, I can guarantee you at some point in time, God is going to ask you to do something that is going to go against the grain of popular opinion. And when that happens, when you know it's God, obey God and ignore people. Look at this last verse. I love this verse. In Proverbs 29, 25, it says, it is dangerous to be concerned with what others think of you, but if you trust the Lord, you are safe. Isn't that powerful? See, that's what it means to live by faith. When I do what God asks me to do, even if it goes against the grain of popular opinion, I live by faith and trust him and he keeps me safe he watches over me and he watch over you too now let's change gears for just a second let's um let's talk about helping others because there are people in people today who are in the same kind of situation that mary and joseph were in they're going through a hard time and they don't understand what god's doing so number three is this i need to help people like Mary and Joseph. Now, and what I mean by that is I need to help people that are in the same boat as Mary and Joseph. So look, when God's doing something or he's allowing something that people don't understand, one of the best things that you can do is to be there, the answer to their prayers by stepping in and helping them during that dark and confusing time in their life. I mean, look, if you were back in the first century, and let's say you knew Mary and Joseph, and you, and you knew they were going through a hard time financially, because like we know that Mary and Joseph were extremely poor. They're going through a hard time emotionally because, they be, because of this series of events. They've been isolated from a lot of their friends. They're struggling spiritually because like, they don't really fully understand what God's doing. They've accepted it, but it's still hard. 
Okay, listen, if you knew Mary and Joseph and you knew they were hard, having a hard time, I mean, wouldn't you, wouldn't you have helped them if you could? I think everybody, if we knew them, we would have helped them if we could. Because God wants to use us to help people that are going through a really difficult time. And you know, there's people in our area that are facing situations that they don't understand what God is doing, and they feel isolated, they've fallen on hard times, they're struggling in some manner. So listen, here's what we're gonna do. This year, we're gonna take half of our Christmas offering. Last week we talked, we're gonna give half of it to Love 146 to help end human trafficking, especially with children. But we're gonna take the other half of our Christmas offering, and we're gonna use it to help people in need that are local in our area, as well as internationally. So we're going to take half of our Christmas offering and do that. It's going to be incredible. And furthermore, uh, we're going to use that money to help us do mission projects starting in February. And in addition to that, later on in 2016, we have plans to hire a full-time missions pastor at Parkway Fellowship so that we can continue doing missions in a coordinated way. Because look, it's high time that we continue to develop the missions aspect at Parkway Fellowship. So here's what we're going to do. Let me tell you about these local mission projects that we're going to do in 2016, okay? Um, The first one, you write these down. The first one is on February 13th. We're going to work in an organization called Family Hope. Family Hope, on that day, we're going to get, we are going to distribute food to needy families in our area. And listen, as these projects get closer, we will tell you more about them and we'll give you more notice. So like, don't stress about that. Um, the second project is going to be for, on March 14th through the 19th, and we're going to work with an organization called Lunches of Love. We're going to work with Lunches of Love. Now, Lunches of Love, they provide um, lunches for kids who normally during school time, they get a free government lunch. But when there's no school in session, these kids don't eat. And so Lunches of Love comes and provides them a lunch over the weekend or when school's not in session. So what we're gonna do in March 14th through 19th, we are going to adopt spring break. And so during spring break, our whole church, we are going to pack and deliver lunches to these kids who literally will have nothing to eat. And we're, we're going to do that for over 3,000 children that week. It is going to be awesome. Number three, on April 16th, we're going to work at the Ballard House. We're going to volunteer at the Ballard House. Um, this is a place where when family members have a child or a loved one that needs extensive treatment downtown at the medical center, the Ballard House is a place where they can come and stay because they're from out of state or out of the country and they have to have a place to live for a short time. And these are families that are going through real crisis. And so on that day, we're gonna go to the Ballard House and we're gonna cook their family a breakfast. We're gonna hang out with them, let them know that people care about them. We're gonna serve them by doing their laundry. They've got laundry facilities at the Ballard House. We're gonna do some um, lawn maintenance and some light repair that needs to be done at the Ballard House. It's gonna be a great project. We're gonna really help people that are in dire straits in life. And then the last one, on May 7th, we're going to work with an organization called Soul Hope. Soul Hope um, provides shoes for kids in impoverished African countries that, um, and those kids, because they're barefoot, um, they get things like ringworm and hookworm and jiggers, and a lot of them end up having to have their toes or their feet amputated, all because they just didn't have shoes. 
And so we're going to put together, we're, that day we're going to get together and we're going um, to um, collect and cut material to deliver to Soul Hope so they can put it together to make shoes for these kids so these kids can have something on their feet to protect them. I mean, it's going to be fabulous gear. Now, let me wrap up today by saying this. There are going to be times in life when you're not going to understand what God's doing. When you're just going to go, God, I, I don't get it. Why are you allowing this to happen? And when that occurs, it is perfectly fine to ask God questions. He's not afraid or bothered or threatened by that. But in the end, he asks you to surrender to him. And when that surrender goes against the grain of popular opinion, it's at that point that we obey God and ignore people. And whenever possible, when we see other people that are going through a difficult time and they're struggling and they're saying, God, I don't understand. If we can be the answer to their prayers and help them during that dark and confusing time, we should. And so please, give to the Christmas offering this year because the Christmas offering is gonna help fund all of that and then make sure that you volunteer because you can be the person that God uses to bring such clarity and hope during dark and confusing times for these people. So, let's all pray together. Father, I wanna say thank you for Mary and Joseph. And how these two teenagers, how they stood tall in their commitment to you, despite being so young. And so I ask that every person listening to me today, you would help all of us stand tall in our commitment to follow you and to obey you and to be loyal to you, even when we don't understand what you're doing. And for those today that are going through a difficult time, and they're confused, and they're having difficulty with the whole thing. I ask that you would meet them in that gap, and that you would give them the courage, and that you would use some of us to help encourage them and be the answer to their prayers as well. I love you, Father. I love you, Lord Jesus. And we ask you to do all of this in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. For more information about Parkway Fellowship, find us online at parkwayfellowship.com or facebook.com slash parkwayfellowship. You can also download our mobile app for access to the most recent messages, video content, and much more. It is available both in the Apple App Store and Android's Google Play.